Well, listeners, in case you didn't get enough sports today, here's an ad break that'll tell you how to watch even more sports. YouTube is the new home of NFL Sunday Ticket. And if you sign up now, you'll get the lowest full season price of the year. Just go to youtube.com slash Spotify offer to get $100 off NFL Sunday Ticket. Watch your favorite teams out of market Sunday afternoon games exclusively on YouTube and YouTube TV. All right, enough about sports. Go get more sports. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends June 6th. No refunds. But I'm going to tell you this we ain't done yet. Howdy. Welcome in and welcome back to the Ineligibles podcast. I'm your host, Will Stone, down here in Hutto. He's Chase Caldwell. He's up in Hatchie. And we want to start by just saying thank you to uh, everyone who went and downloaded our first two episodes. Uh, The response was uh, much more than we could have possibly imagined. We just crossed over uh, 500 total downloads. We're sitting at like 529. Uh, So about 250 listeners you know, per episode. And, um, Chase, I'm, I'm blown away. I don't know about you, man. Uh, yeah. I, I, I would have never thought that many people would have ever listened to it. Like <laughs> I figured it would, it would be like well into our first year before we would ever get, get to the 500 mark. Yeah. Um, I thought it would was, take like five episodes to even get to the hundred downloads mark. You know? Right. I was thinking like maybe like at, on the high end, maybe 50 on our first episodes, like, yeah, total, like, you know, and honestly, I've I've no idea what to even you know what the measuring stick is. There's probably people listening to us like, really? Oh my gosh! You know that's an easy <laughs> mark to get to, and maybe it is. I don't know. Yeah, who I knows? thought I I thought we would have like six downloads. You know, right. <laughs> and that'd be about it. You know, but um, but yeah, I'm da- I'm just overwhelmed. Yeah, me too. Um, so if you downloaded those and you're listening to this, uh, thank you and thank you for coming back. Uh, we're just gonna keep getting better every time. And I think the main thing that those numbers have done for us, is just made us more motivated. Um, Absolutely. And just gotten our, our creative minds flowing a little bit. And, um, we've got a heck of a show for you today. Um, but first, as always, um, subscribe if you haven't already. Uh, we are on Apple. We are finally on Google. We will be on Spotify, uh, hopefully in the next few weeks, they have a, a minimum episode requirement. So, uh, as soon as we meet that, we will be on Spotify. Uh, we're also on YouTube, um, so you can check us out there as well. And uh, follow our account, at IntelligiblePod, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, our topic today is the proposed 12-team format for the college football playoff. Um, this came out last Thursday. Um, everyone's talking about it. If if it goes into effect, which it likely will, it's not set in stone yet, but I think it's going to be the biggest change in the sport since they changed the TV rights back in like 84. So um, it's, it's very likely going to happen, and it's going to be a big change from, from what college football has been uh, up to this point. Um, so we, really quickly, we want to give you kind of a brief history of how we got to where we are today. Um, I know we have probably some young listeners like Chase and I uh, that grew up during the BCS era and, you know, of course have been around for the four-team playoff, but uh, Chase and I are on the same page to where we didn't really know 
what went on before the BCS or how it was any different than what we had, you know, during that time. And, (laughs) uh, back in the day, up until 1998, the champion was determined by the polls, uh, whoever was number one, uh, in the polls after the season. And sometimes even before bowls was awarded a national championship. There was not a championship game, uh, Chase, that blew my mind when I found that out. Yeah, um, I'm sure there's some older listeners that are, are kind of laughing at us right now, like these millennials don't don't know uh, <laughs> the way college football originated, you know. But um, They used to be called patriotism. Yeah, it used to be called patriotism. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it, – I don't know. It's just I, I can't imagine any sport without a championship game. Um, right. It, it's kind of kind of defeats the purpose in my opinion uh, it's the whole idea of you know if, if you win an, or lo- end in a tie you know that's that's kind of how it seems to me uh, right. in fact you, you said like neither one of us really knew that uh, I, the first time I learned that was whenever I was reading some of the trash talk between Longhorns and Aggies on Twitter um, you know that's that's a, just an old pastime at this point. Uh, talking trash on Twitter to each other, and <laughs> and one of the big things that the Longhorns always go to is Aggies giving themselves two championships all of a sudden, and like they had this picture of of the old Kyle Field. Um, mm. I know that you've seen it. Oh but, yeah, but we're you know one year it doesn't say that we were like nineteen nineteen champions or something, and then the or, next year it does. Or twenty seven as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and so they're like they just they just like to claim ancient championships that don't exist and and i was kind of like why we wouldn't we wouldn't do that i wouldn't think you know like why what what would we have to gain you know to recruit people by being like we won the 1919 championship game you know like yeah, you should come but, play here yeah and, and replicate that out. success <laughs> yeah we we haven't done it in a hundred years you know now's your chance you can you can you can get that done. You can be the change that we've been trying to accommodate for the past hundred years. Now, you know that's not a recruiting point that you know where anybody's using. Yeah. Um, so you know it's it's that old Aggie joke thing, right? Um, they they make Aggie jokes out of it, I guess. But but then come to find out, well. <laughs> Anybody before 1998, you know, did the same thing. It sounds like to me, you know. Well, yeah, and like to to kind of fire back at Texas there. I believe it's 1970 where they claim a championship uh, in a year that they lost their bowl game uh, to Notre Dame, I think. Um, but that's neither here nor there. Like, uh, yeah, I'm not going to speculate on that because if my grandma's listening right now, she, she'll tan my hide if I agree with you. So, yeah, I'm sure she's uh, got the the T-shirt from that year. <laughs> probably so I, I probably have it somewhere but no uh but it, it was very common to have split championships like if the polls disagreed both teams would just claim them <laughs> like yeah uh if you go around the country you can you'll, you'll see multiple uh schools you know with the with with banners from the same year saying national champions um co-champions if you will yeah <laughs> um so that just didn't make sense to me and i guess uh in 1998 they finally decided it didn't make sense to them either, them being the uh, people who control college football. So they came up with the BCS, and the BCS was a mixture of the polls, but also mixed with uh, computer rankings, which are objective. Uh, so 
they were just going to go off of that, and whoever was number one and number two at the end of the season, they would put those teams into the championship game, and then there wouldn't be any more split titles, except that there were, uh, because (laughs) not always the best two teams would play in those games. Uh, Like there was one year where uh, LSU beat Oklahoma for the title, like, like in the championship game, but Oklahoma lost their the Big 12 championship game badly, like 35 to 7, but they still made the BCS game. Well, USC had a really good year and they beat somebody big in their bowl game and they claimed the title. And I think the coaches poll picked one and the AP poll picked the other, so like that was still happening in as as as, as late as 2003. You know, so but we did that for a while and I think the straw that broke the camel's back was 2011. The SEC had been on a run of championships from 2006 when Florida uh, kind of demolished Ohio State. So it was Florida, then it was LSU, and then it was Florida again, and then it was Alabama and Auburn and Alabama. And in 2011, like the two, like the game of the century was Alabama versus LSU. They were I think they were one and two at the time, game of the century. And LSU won, and then they won the SEC. And most folks wanted to see LSU versus Oklahoma State, who would have made it had they not lost a heartbreaking game on a Thursday night in Ames, Iowa, on a last-second field goal. Days after, uh, I think it was the women's uh, volleyball coach. I'm sorry if I'm butchering that, Oklahoma State fans, but um, basically another athletic team was traveling and the plane crashed and then two days later they played the game and they lost and it was you know it was a heartbreaking loss and that kept them out of the championship game because the BCS ended up putting in two SEC teams which made a lot of people very angry (laughs) Um, and then to make it even worse Alabama actually ended up winning the rematch uh, validating the BCS you know their decision in the first place so after that uh, to you know keep people interested and you know not just have sec all the time they were like well let's do a a four-team playoff there's nothing that can go wrong with you know picking the four best teams and except that they gave it to a committee of 13 humans and they were like you guys pick the best teams you tell us you know who should be in there and the very first year there is immediate controversy (laughs) it didn't even make it one season (laughs) Uh, all year long, uh, so here's the deal. There were three teams locked in, Florida State, uh, Oregon, and uh, help me out here. Florida State, Oregon, and Alabama, of course, because they're always there. Those three were locked in. The past or like the last few weeks of the season, everyone's jockeying for that everyone is jockeying for that fourth spot. And I think Baylor had been there and then TCU was behind them, or maybe vice versa, and then Ohio State was six. Uh, Ohio State had lost early to Virginia Tech and then uh, won the rest of their games and smoked Wisconsin in the Big Ten Championship. And Baylor had beaten TCU, but dropped one to West Virginia, and then TCU had won all their games except Baylor. So there was this big cluster between four, five, and six. Well, Ohio State being the brand that they are, got picked for the fourth spot and that made the rest of the country, especially big 12 country, very upset, even though 
uh, Ohio State would go on to uh, beat Alabama in the first round and uh, win the whole thing. Uh, so it wasn't all bad. Uh, and eventually, you know, every conference got to participate. Uh, the Pac-12 has had a couple teams in. The Big 12's had really just Oklahoma in. Um, but there's even been years where there were two SEC teams. And, you know, that's when there's four teams and there's, you know, five power conferences and Notre Dame's still out there. Uh, people don't like it when half of the playoff is from the same conference. And what it's really led to, uh, to kind of wrap this whole process up a little bit, is the four-team playoff has really led to a lack of parity. And it's led to a lack of parity because those top teams, uh, they get the best players every year, and they're getting, they're starting to get even more and more of the best players. So, which makes me think, like, I know it's cyclical, but if this just went on for you know, the next 20 years and we didn't change anything, would it be Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, and Oklahoma in the playoff every single year for the next 20 years? I mean, that's totally possible. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to interject on you there, Will. Um, Go for it. They called it a playoff, in my opinion, from, the, from day one. I, I didn't really like the four-team thing because it's like, you know, it's like watching a little – toddler you know play with the things where you have the you know the the cube and the the rectangular prism and you know all those and they got to put them in the the right circles you know it's mm-hmm. it's the literal definition in my opinion of trying to fit a literal square peg in a round hole um because you have five conferences and only four teams get in. That it never made sense from day one to me. Yeah. And if anything, that first year they lucked out so bad because the Big Twelve had co-champions. And if that right. wouldn't have happened, you know, that gave them the right to be able to say, "Oh, well, we'll just leave the Big Twelve out," you know, since they couldn't decide a winner. No. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you, you're leaving them out because you didn't have a spot for them because you only have four spots for five conferences. That doesn't, that doesn't make sense. You never stop to think that maybe there's one good team from every single power mm. conference. Like the, right. it, it wasn't a true playoff in my opinion. Um, now granted, it, was it better than what we've had in the past? Yes. You know, we just, we just expressed that not having a, a championship game makes absolutely no sense in my opinion to, any sport whatsoever um but the bcs had tons of flaws too and 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 so getting to an actual actual sport you know where you actually have to play for it was great but they just botched it right out of the right out of the gate in my opinion Um, and i know there's a lot of people that still vie for oh we should just do two teams you know we should go back to the old way but if you if you take the romanticism out of it, like don't romanticize what it was like back in the seventies or eighties or or how fun life was back then because we're in a different world today. You know, no matter if we set this up the way it used to be set up, we're not going back to the days of regionalized television. We're now still going to be at a national picture, um, so it's never going to get back to that. But when you look. Like if you just take that part out of it and you forget all the good fun times that you had just watching it where it wasn't as 
taken as seriously. What what sport do you not need a champion? What's the point of playing a sport if you can't be a champion? You know, right. that, that, that just it, name another sport, and maybe there are some, but I'm. Look, I don't even know what they're doing because I don't watch there them because one. they don't have champions. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like it, I think Jimbo said it whenever he was vying for us to be number four this past year that, you know, we're the only level of football that doesn't have some sort of playoff. And everybody's been acting, you know, uh, there's been a real, real big undertone for expansion since that four team playoff um, mm-hmm. first started. And. We act like, or they act like, I guess I should say, that, oh, well, we can't we can't do that because then the players will be playing too many games. Well, it happens in high school. It happens in, in NFL. It happens in all the other collegiate leagues. Like, why can't we figure it out here, you know? Yeah. I mean, shoot, soccer players play like 700 games a year. I don't know how many they play, but they play all year long in – with different clubs and all, all that kind of stuff. I know it's maybe not as physical of a sport maybe, but you still can figure it out. You know, you can figure but out even a then, way like, to, to fit it in there, you know. Like, like, like all these players want to be in the NFL and what is it, it like 19 or 20 games if you, mm-hmm. that you have to play if you want to win the, the Super Bowl? So um, right. if, if – if, and I know that's a whole different conversation on like – Obviously, NFL players get paid a lot of money, and college students, you know, get stipends. Uh, but, 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 like, the point is, it it's not a playoff. You're right. Like, I think mm-hmm. the the best line I've heard is, "It's not a playoff. It's an invitational," because there's no yeah. criteria on how you get to it. Like, there's there's literally no way a group of five team, anyone not in a Power Five conference, will ever ever make a four team playoff. Uh, and then, you know, in, in 2016, it caused a big stink because Ohio State didn't win their division. Penn State did. And then Penn State won the conference and got left out in favor of Ohio State, who they beat. Um, because there wasn't any, any criteria. Like, it's literally 13 people sitting in a room watching the games and saying, we think these four are the best. And uh, it was... It, it was really doomed from the start, even though, like, it's been, it's made a lot of money, obviously, which is a huge factor in all this. Uh, but I think they've realized, you know, as evidenced by their, um, propo- uh, their proposal here to expand, they've realized that they needed some, uh, to, like, to expand, to add more teams and to have better criteria. So uh, yeah. that leads us to the 12 team format that the, so there's, it's a little confusing. There's a C, there's the CFP committee that like the selection committee that actually watches the games. That's separate from what we're about to discuss here. Uh, this is the the board of managers who run the whole organization and the CFP management committee. So a subcommittee of the management committee. Uh, it was four guys. They uh, got together and kind of hashed out this this twelve team proposal that is going to go to the broader management committee and then ultimately to the board of the board of managers uh, this summer. And I think they will have a final say September. So um, So, we won't really know until then what all the details will be. There's still some, you know, some back and forth to be had. And this 
probably won't go into effect until 2023 at the earliest. So uh, the next two seasons, we still have the four-team playoff. So this is just for... So, so ba- basically what you're saying, Will, is that the assistant to the regional manager let them know yes. that like, we need to make these changes? <laughs> yeah, okay. Yes, the, the Dwight Schrute of college football. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so here's the deal uh, in a nutshell. So uh, 12 teams, uh, there's six... The sixth highest rated conference champions and six at large. Let me say that first part again. The sixth highest rated conference champs. Not auto bids for the Power Five, uh, not auto bids for the Big Ten, Big 12, Pac 12, SEC, and ACC. That doesn't matter. If the champion of the Mountain West and the champion of the American are ranked higher, they will trump one of those of, of those other conferences. Uh, it would have happened last season because the Pac-12 champ, Oregon, was ranked 25th. And Cincinnati and Coastal, who won their respective conferences, were ranked like 6th and 12th. So that was a big point. I had never considered this. Uh, I didn't. I had no idea they were going to bring this out. And I think it's genius to, to do it that way. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, your 6th at large, which this part does go back to the uh, the selection committee, it just goes off of their ranking of who the next six best are. Um, but w- with this big of a number, I don't think you're going to, you're going to see the, the complaining about, you know, who's 13 versus number 12, as you've seen with who's five versus four, you know? Yeah. Um, the thing that I see with it, is you got a weird number. 12 doesn't, you know, reduce down to two very easily um, without you having buys and stuff, which we'll get into. Um, So in in some ways, it's almost like, you know how like there's there's that like urban legend that Carmex has glass inside of it so that it makes your, your lips like, you know, get worse over time and that way you have to use more Carmex. Um, it's almost like, like it's job security in that that regard because yeah. they're setting it up. I think it's a great system, um, but they're setting it up with problems right out of the gate to where there's going to be backlash from people because there's going to be people that want to expand to 16. There's going to be people that want to shrink to eight. And that's all we're going to hear for the next however long. And then you're going to have your old old codgers, I guess, that are saying, oh, no, we need to have two. You know yeah. what I mean? So, uh, or the four-team playoff was a better way to go. No, it's, that's not even a playoff. It's just a four-team, you know, the same four teams. This will give some parity to college, to college football, I think. Um, but, but we really could – we're going to see more arguments coming out of this. Um, right. And I'm not even necessarily saying that I don't like it because I, I like 12 way better than I like four. I mean, heck, I'm an Aggie. So, I mean, it, 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 this is the 12th man rule, right? Because uh, <laughs> A&M got left out. We were, we were, you know, fifth last year. Jimbo caused a big stink about it, which was fantastic. And yeah. and then now we have 12 teams. You know, it's just, it's, it's just kind of uh, – it. It's very romantic, you know, how it all fits yeah. together like that. But You know, it, when they first released 12, it was, like, I was shocked 
Like I think everyone in the country was expecting eight. Like it was just a foregone, a foregone conclusion. And yeah, they come out, they're like, well, we're going to look at all options. And they're like, Hey, we decided on 12. And everybody's like, what? <laughs> like it really <laughs> caught everybody off guard. Yeah. Cause I, I think it's, I think it's hard, you know, to, um, every, every notch up, it gets, that much hard. I mean, you go from four to eight to sixteen to thirty-two. You know, if you're if you're going out that that amount. Um, so, do you do top eight? Do you do top sixteen? It would be hard. There, there's there's things that each of them are going to see um, that are pros and cons over the other. So I feel like they kind of went with the literal middle number of twelve. Um, and there's some things that I really like about it. Um, the first thing is you're not automatically left out if you lose a game. Right. That that's that's what happened happened to A and M this year. I mean, that's not. I'm not sour grapes over it and and <laughs> real bitter. And that's why I'm saying what I'm saying. What I'm saying is you have we have these various problems within college football where kids are leaving early. Um, they don't play in their bowl games. They opt out mid-season, and everybody's been griping about it for a long time. Well, this this prevents that from happening. I mean, and and I could say that with when I worked for the team, you know, and we came out six and zero, and everything was exciting, and you know, I'm like, is this going to be the year that we we really make it? You know. I was watch. I I would get on Texags. I would be watching every episode of the Pulse, and I mean, half of them I was I was in, you know. And but I'd watch <laughs> them and rewatch them, and I I'd be talking to Clay or somebody else that that's recording it. Like, oh, when are, you know, what are y'all gonna do on this episode and stuff? And I was just all in, all all into it. And then we'd lose two or three games, and I would get to the point that I'm just kind of like going to work and then go home and would never even follow college i wouldn't even watch other games you know i would kind of just i'd lose interest in the whole season so i don't blame an actual yeah i I don't blame an actual football player who has gone to so many more efforts i mean they they're working so hard to get somewhere and you get two or three losses and you're like man i'm going to the franklin american mortgage company music city bowl you know like (laughs) Great, fantastic. That's what I wanted to do in college. Yeah. Um, so, so gone are the days of of just being like, "Hey guys, we're going to go on a core trip over to Tennessee," you know, and that be yeah. like the most exciting thing. The most exciting thing is that you're on the national stage, and and so when you take that away from guys in mid October, why why do you then get mad at them for not wanting to continue the season or continue playing? Um, you know, I love sports, but I don't blame kids. You know, I don't blame these these people that are trying to make something for themselves and want to be great. And you don't know their family situation. Some of them may have come from absolutely nothing, and they have an opportunity to maybe make a couple hundred thousand even, you know, even if they're just a practice player. And they say, oh, well, you know, there went your draft stock. Who cares about draft stock? They they want to make a little bit of money to where they can afford to help 
their parents back home that aren't making money or something. I mean, uh, I, I'm not saying that everybody's like that. I'm just saying there's examples like that, you know, where right. we will get all into where you blame players for what's going on instead of looking, you know, it's that, that adage of you're looking at the splinter in the eye instead of the two by four in, in yours, you know? Yeah. Well, I think there's, the there's this playoff. big overarching problem with that 14 playoff system. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, like before the 14 playoff, you, you didn't have opt-outs. It, it just didn't happen. And exactly. once we, and once it, like once the playoff came about, that's all ESPN talked about from the, from the very start of the season. It's who's in, who's the top four, who's in your top four, who do you got? Uh, like the, it's just nonstop about the playoff and mm-hmm. it's made it to where that's all, that's all, if that's all the fans here, that's all they're going to, you know, care about. And as soon as, like you said, like you lose the game, you're like, well, we're not going to be in it this year. There's no way. So, uh, yeah. Like, why should I be as excited about going to the Franklin American Mortgage Music City Bowl <laughs> as I would be, you know, uh, like a playoff game? Which, right? You know, after after reading this, I'm I'm banging the drum for twelve. Like, I am. The more I the more I read it, I, I'm I'm fired up, and I'll mm-hmm. I'll tell you why right now. <laughs> so, um, like we said. Uh, six highest rated conference champs and six at large. Uh, there's 12. So the top four highest rated conference champs get a buy, not the four highest rated teams, the four highest rated conference champs. Uh, the first round is played on the, like the first, the first round of playoffs is played on the campus of the higher seed. And the rest of the games after that are played at both sides, which I don't like. And we'll get to that. But, um, just out of the gate, the first thing I noticed was uh, the four highest-rated conference champs get a buy. Notre Dame isn't in a conference, so uh, yeah, that's what they, they get. They'll never get a buy. But like I was, you know, trying to poke fun at them on Twitter, and uh, like I talked about that subcommittee group that came up with this plan. Uh, a member of that committee was the, the Notre Dame athletic director, Jack Swarbrick, and he's on board because. Uh, when you when you think about it, like yeah, they they won't have a bye, but they also don't have to play in a conference championship and risk losing and being knocked out completely, uh, or you know having that wear and tear on on their team. So they seem content yeah. to you know max out at, at the fifth spot and oh no, we have to host a, a home playoff game at at you know at, at, at <laughs> the stadium where, up there. There's where there's where it really is. They don't want to play in a, in a conference champion. They just want to make all the money when people, you know, go to uh, their their stadium. But yeah, um, yeah. Um, so a point on that that you made the conference champs. I, I hadn't thought much about Notre Dame. I did think about you know them kind of being almost forced into a conference, but I wasn't thinking about it that way. So you make a great point. That's first I've heard that. Yeah, and um, I, I think, I think he just, I think, I think Swarbrick just came out and said like, I don't want to hear about us, you know, only playing twelve games instead of thirteen, like other, mm-hmm. uh, you know, conference champs and, and whatnot do. But um, hey, well, they, they, and and so, sorry to cut you off. Uh, the, the that's what I was going to say about the conference champs thing because I think that's a concern for everybody on this thing, uh, especially big fans of college football, is that you devalue the conference championships. Uh, We never went or or we didn't really go into the history of conference championships. 
Um, there's some really good stuff about conference championships. Uh, like I, I think SEC Ready, there's a lot of stuff about it. Do you know um, who had the first conference championship? What, was it the SEC? It was the SEC. Yeah, and I can't remember. Is that, is that on SEC Ready that, that I'm thinking of, or was that maybe a production that, that ESPN um, did? I think I read about it in Lofton's book. But anyway. Okay. Well, regardless, uh, we, we digress. Yeah. What, what I was going to say is, um, I you know, I have a sense of pride about the SEC. Uh, I don't know. I can't really explain to you why, except for I like a lot of the, the teams. Um, I have all the SEC mini helmets because there's so many of them that, that are really, really, really cool, you know. But um, the SEC is is a great conference, but I've got friends up in Ohio and, and some of those places that the Big Ten, they have a lot of pride in the Big Ten, you know, and – and for good reason, like it's a good conference too, you know. And so, um, you you hate to devalue those, but I think that when I first heard twelve, I was like, oh my gosh, that's stupid. You know, here we are, we're gonna hear people griping about it, you know, for years to come, just like we've done with the four team playoff. I I felt exactly how I felt about the four team. I'm like, can we get somebody up there that can count? You know, <laughs> that was my initial thought. But after looking at it, I'm saying. Wait, okay, so in this example, let's use, let's use 2020 um, where A&M lost to Alabama, you know, and a lot of people felt like, well, you can't really gripe about being left out, win all of your games, and that doesn't happen. Well, of course, we are saying, well, yeah, but our games are harder than some of these other games, you know, and, and you didn't apply that same principle to Notre Dame and, and things like that, but – but I would be all for A&M having to play an extra game that Alabama doesn't have to play because at that point I'm on the side with you. I'm saying, yeah, we should have beat Alabama and we, we would be able to, to um, you know, go be an automatic seed basically. Um, I don't see the day that SEC is so downtrodden that <laughs> we're not one of those, those uh, that, top that six will not, champs, That will but. not happen. That it won't I, happen. I, I don't think it'll ever happen. But. <laughs> um, but yeah, like to your point, um, you know, a lot of people when this came out were like, "Well, twelve games, like that means that a three-loss team can get in, and it devalues the regular season." No, no, it doesn't. Like I heard mm-hmm. uh, one guy, I won't you know, blast him on here, but uh, he was just going on and on about like you're going to see players opt out of rivalry games at the end of the year because they're already you know going to the conference championship and blah blah blah. And I'm like. No, they're not. Like, I mean, like, yeah. they're not going to opt out of like, like Bama players are not going to opt out of playing Auburn. It's not going to happen because mm-hmm. you don't want that loss on your record. There's at every level of this thing, like going into the end of the year, that last month of the year, there's probably twenty to twenty-five teams that are still alive, still in the hunt, and there's an incentive mm-hmm. for, for every level of those teams. Like, if you're in Alabama, like your incentive is to win the conference and. Uh, you know, be ranked in the top four of conference champs and get that bye week. If you're an A&M, you don't want to, you know, just barely sneak into the playoff and drop a late one and have to go play uh, in freaking Madison, Wisconsin in December. So like, mm-hmm. and, and then if you're, you know, Coastal Carolina or somebody uh, like a Indiana last year who would have snuck in at number 10, I think. 
or 11, like you, you, you're just trying to, to stay alive. Like you're just trying to keep winning, you know, every game to just get your way into the playoff. And then, you know, you're in the dance. Like you still have a shot at a title. You probably won't win it, but you still have a chance. Yeah. Um, there was something that you said earlier that, that I disagreed with and I can't, I'm, I'm, not recalling what it was, but you said that you wanted to mention it whenever we got into um, this, you know, twelve-team setup. Was it about um, the the quarterfinals being at bowl at bowl games? Yes, yeah. Let's get into that because okay. because I, I'm curious to hear your opinion on that. Basically, I just don't like it, it. It feels weird that the like the top four teams that get the bye week. Uh, don't get to host a playoff game, but teams five through eight who aren't as good or didn't have as good of a season do get that benefit and that extra income for their universities and their, you know, localities and things like that. Um, it just feels like, and it's also on top of that, it's just, it just seems like a lot of travel. Like if you're in that position, that means that you, if you intend on going to all these games, that means you traveled to, a neutral site for the conference championship game. You'll have to travel to another bowl site for the quarterfinal and then the semifinal and then the final if you are lucky enough to make it that far. So it just seems a little bit tougher on fans. And in in general, I'm a fan of college football on college campuses uh, whenever possible. But I do think the semis yeah. and the title game should still be in bowls. But uh, the quarters, I think, should move to, to should move to campus. Yeah, yeah. Um... I, I like your your insight there, your opinion there, because um, you you make some really good points. Um, I know I I am a hundred percent with you whenever I think that you know college football games should be played on college campuses. Um, I don't like going to Jerry World to play Arkansas, right? Um, even though it's closer to my house, it's thirty minutes from my house. I can get there a lot quicker than I can. College Station or or Fayetteville, but it, you know here we've we've been in the SEC for however many years, and I've never even gotten to see their stadium. That's one stadium I have not been to, you know, and it's because we never play there, you know. <laughs> but we, uh, so I guess I, I I could say I don't like third party places in the season. Um, I don't like oh, the, yeah. the college football kickoff games. Yeah. We played in the uh, Advocare Texas Bowl kickoff game one year against uh, Arkan- or Arizona State. Um, I'd rather go to Tempe. I just, yeah, just I, I would too, um, <laughs> because you get to see more, and that's what I've loved about moving to the SEC is that um, I I first hated when we moved to the SEC because. <laughs> Growing up, it was all these these teams that I, I didn't know. I didn't even know much about other schools like like Auburn. I didn't know that Auburn had a history of winning and stuff until I got right. really into college football and realized, oh, they do. Um, but I was like, who is Auburn? You know what? What are they? What is Auburn? Um, why is Auburn? What, what is <laughs> why is Auburn? How is Auburn? But I. Uh, but that. That that whole thing with with Colorado this year, where we're now going to play in Denver, right? Um, instead of playing in Boulder, like 
No, I I want to go to Colorado's stadium. I want to see their campus. It's, it's beautiful. Um, when you and I traveled to Georgia and we went to the Georgia game, like Georgia has the prettiest campus I have ever been on. Absolutely. And I mean, by bar none, uh, you know, Ole Miss has a really pretty sta- uh, campus, but it doesn't hold a candle to Georgia in my opinion. But I have absolutely no idea what Colorado's campus looks like, you know, and I, I would love to see what that looks like. And I'm, I'm robbed of that opportunity because, and I, I'm not saying this specifically because I'm not in the inner workings of it, but I'd imagine it's because we didn't get the revenue whenever we were supposed to play Colorado this past year. I, I and bet so that's we're why. Try, trying to split that revenue. Yeah. And so that's the point that I was going to make about the bowls. The bowls are beginning to miss out on a lot of revenue. Um, so you got to think about all of the different moving pieces in this thing, and you got to get a little bit of support from every which direction um, so that you can get something like this passed. Right. And I think that's why they're trying to incorporate a lot of these bowls. Oh, it definitely is. There's bowl committees that are saying, hey, if you do this, nobody's going to watch us at all. Yeah. You know, nobody, nobody's going to care about the Birmingham Bowl or whatever. I don't even know what bowls they're going to incorporate in there. Um, but to me, I'm looking at it as a college football fan, the bowls that we have nowadays, you know, like the Franklin American Mortgage Company Music <laughs> City Bowl, it's, 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 it's dumb. You know, it, it, it just, it, it, it kind of creates a laughing stock in my opinion of college football. And, and it kind of shows like, it, it just makes it to where you get a bowl and you get a bowl and you get a bowl and you get a bowl, you know, and it, it just, <laughs> it, it devalues bowls completely, um, you know, to have so many of them. There's way yeah. too many of them. And, um, I, and I, so, think, I think they'll get cut back uh, with the implementation of, of this. I think they're, they're was... going to get cut back either way. Yeah. Like if, if like if they implement this, uh, like, yeah, let me back up. If they implement the 12 team system, it's going to cut back bowls, but is it going to cut back all of them? If we go cam- college campuses on every game or will it cut back on some of them? If we still incorporate some of them in the playoff. So me personally, I'm for incorporating some other bowls, uh, just because you look at some of these kids that um, they've worked really, really, really hard. Um, what it, what it, what it's creating? It's making these bowls. It's it's solving the problem of kids opting out of bowl games. Yeah. It's it's they have they have a reason to want to play for that bowl because if they play in that bowl game, then they might advance to the college football championship, and so it gives them a reason to want to continue and stick it out with their team. But if they go into that game and they lose, they at least – think of a senior, right? He goes into that game. He's might be the best season that his, his school has had in 50 years, you know, and he's led his team as a senior. They get to this bowl and they lose. Well, that's, that's a real – bummer and that's a hard pill to swallow and to at least be able to go out by playing in a big bowl i think is a good benefit to the kids you know yeah um and and so there's there's that component of it too to me um i do think it's harder on the fans but it's better on the players and and i'm 
more for being better for the players, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, to kind of wrap up our pros here. Well, we've, we've really been doing pros and cons here and some good back and forth. Um, yeah. but to kind of summarize my points here, um, this is going to lead to better access for, uh, I mean, it'll affect A&M like A&M should be in this every year or every, mm-hmm. like every three out of four years, A&M should be in this top 12, especially yeah. in the near future. Um, mm-hmm. teams like Cincinnati, like UCF, like Memphis, they finally have a chance. Boise state who finished number three in the BCS for so long and could never break through to that top two, they'd be in, you know, um, and the matchups, oh my God, like, uh, I know like I've been, uh, blowing your phone up about this since this came out last week, but I put this spreadsheet together going all the way back to 2011 of all the different games that we could have had and <laughs> we had a 12 team playoff. Yeah. Um, my favorite, uh, of course is 2012 when we had Johnny and, you know, lost early to Florida, you know, drop one to LSU. But at the end of the year, we were one of the, we were one of the best teams in the country. And mm-hmm. I'll, I'll just read off how this would have looked uh, in 2012. So your top four seeds would have been Alabama, Kansas State, who won the Big 12, Stanford, who won the Pac-12, and then Florida State, who won the ACC. After that, Notre Dame, who was actually number one, uh, would have been number five because they – don't play in a conference. They would have hosted Boise State. That would have been awesome. Uh, Florida would have hosted Northern Illinois. Uh, they probably blow them out, but that was that really good Northern Illinois team with uh, Jordan Lynch, uh, like me and you talked about, Chase. And yeah. then the two big ones, uh, Oregon would have hosted Johnny Manziel and Texas A&M. That's, that's just, <laughs> that, that's just that cool, ori- That's just that fun. That was his original school, too. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and we could have traveled to to uh, Eugene and gone to Autzen, and uh, you know I think did they have Marcus Mariota that year? They did. Yeah, yeah, That'd that would have been fun. Um, and then to top that off, the other first round game would have been LSU at Georgia, another a good old uh, SEC matchup, and the winner of that game would play Alabama. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Um, and looking back, like I know, let bygones be bygones, but. If if this was implemented, A and M probably cruises to the championship game against Bama, and who knows what would have happened? You know, uh, mm-hmm. we we beat them once, we make it a beating them again, but uh, it would have been a lot of fun, and people would have watched the crap out of these games. Yeah. Um, a few other notes that I had on here um, that 2014 season that everyone hated, uh, Baylor and TCU still get left out, but they both host playoff games, um, which is awesome. Like you, you want that for your, for your fans. Uh, they would still be in, they wouldn't be playing in whatever bowl games they ended up in. Um, teams like Colorado would have made it over the past 10 years. Uh, North Carolina would have made it. Penn state and Wisconsin would have made it a lot. Auburn would have made it a lot. Uh, USC, Washington. Um, what really stuck out to me was 2019, uh, Bama would have been left out. They were ranked 13th in the final poll. And I think the 12th spot went to Memphis for winning the American. So um, 
it's crazy that Bama would have been left out in a 12-team scenario in any recent year, but uh, in 19, that would have happened. Um, yeah. And then to, to, to wrap this up, uh, 2020, this past season, would have been just fantastic. Uh, Cincinnati would have hosted Georgia up in Cincinnati. Uh, the winner of that game would have played Alabama. Uh, Florida would have hosted Iowa State. Uh, Kyle Pitts and Kadarius Toney probably don't opt out and play in that game. In the Swamp, that would have been fun. Uh, A&M would have hosted Indiana, a pretty good Indiana team at Kyle Field, uh, for a chance to go play Ohio State. That's fantastic. And then yeah. the the people's champ, uh, America's team, Coastal Carolina, would have played <laughs> at Notre Dame. And they may have beaten them. That would have been a really fun game to watch. Um, yeah, it would have. The point I'm trying to make is there's this is going to lead to so many good matchups. And not that like the – most of these matchups have been happening in in bowl games, but they've kind of been deemed meaningless. You know, evidenced by you know half of Florida's team opting out of the Cotton Bowl last year. Um, if they're playing for a chance, you know, to get back in and win a title, they're not opting out. Like they're, yeah, it's going to be happen. a great product, right? And and that's what you want to see with these great matchups is you know you have. That's what I've really enjoyed about college football the past, I don't know how many years, is you've seen a lot of these schools that aren't blue blood schools, you know, like uh, North Carolina, that are fantastic. And, 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 and Indiana last year. Yeah, Indiana. I mean, Coastal Carolina. You BYU. Mentioned them. I mean, there's so many teams that are just really, really, really good teams um, that – Whenever it comes to bowl season, you either A, they have players that opt out, or B, the really good team that they're playing has a whole bunch of players to opt out. And you don't really get to have the full-on effect of seeing both of those teams at their highest octane going against each other. Um, and, and it just is a, a really good thing, in my opinion. I think here's my final point to really play off of what you just – what you just said there um the teams outside of alabama ohio state clemson georgia oklahoma the teams that you just talked about north carolina boise state indiana arizona state washington state like all those teams i mean i mean in in the 14 model of course all the recruits are going to go play for alabama and ohio state and those teams because those teams are in it every single year and they're going to continue to be like, uh, it's just getting the, the gap is just getting wider. So my, my biggest hope for the 12 team playoff, if, if everything else goes bad, hopefully the result of this is more parity. Maybe a North Carolina can sell, Hey, you know, come play here. We can make the playoff. We can make a run. Uh, you can do it here and not have to go to, you know, a Georgia or Alabama, or, you know, an Arizona State can, you know, keep their players in state and they won't go to, you know, Texas and Notre Dame and all over the place. And maybe USC can finally start keeping their talent at home, <laughs> not letting it go elsewhere. Yeah. Um, but USC is, you know, like their traditional blue button. But like this is more about the 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 more mid-range teams and uh, the UCFs of the world, the Memphises of the world. Um, give these guys a chance and... Uh, help them, you know, uh, improve their programs. And uh, I think 
that's my, like I said, it's my biggest wish for this model is to uh, increase parity. Um, cause it's just more fun when it is like every, everyone's tired of Alabama and Clemson playing every year or, you know, Oklahoma getting in the first round and getting smoked. Like they want to see, you know, a little bit of chaos, you know, <laughs> and a little bit of like a little bit of variety, you know, like there for a while when it was the, uh, the Cavaliers and the Warriors every year, like people got sick of it after a while, like they want something yeah. new. And I, I think it, it, that this will provide that. And I really hope that it does because it's just going to make the sport, um, even better. Yeah. And, and, and my, my final point to that, um, plays off of what you just said, which is maybe some of these teams can start keeping some of their players in state. Exactly. Um, so I think if you're a college football fan, you've got to want expansion of some mm-hmm. sort, whether it's 12 teams, eight teams, 16 teams, you've got to want expansion because that means more football games and that means more good football games. But if you're one of the old hats that want to see the days of the Southwest Western conference, you know, <laughs> and you know, the, the, the regional teams, the way to get back to that is by allowing these teams to have an opportunity to play for that championship because Mm -hmm. we're in a world where college football is nationalized now. You know, we, we get recruits from all over the place. We just got a recruit from Australia, Australia. (laughs) I didn't even know they played football in Australia, but we, we have a recruit that's about to play for us on on that, you know, it's gone global (laughs) and, yeah, it made me think of the the uh, replacements, you know, when they had the kicker there. So um, <laughs> it, it it's just like 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 that's a, such a cool thing, you know. Uh, but players, w- we're not in a world anymore where they're going to default to their home team. You still have a lot of that, but you know, if they have an opportunity to go somewhere else, they they very well might. And if if you're Nick Saban going in and sitting down with a recruit that's in California and you're looking at how USC has kind of gone downhill, how UCLA is kind of meh, but Nick Saban's in my living room and he wants me to go all the way to Alabama and my parents might not be able to go to all the games, but I could win a national championship and maybe I win that national championship at the Rose Bowl and that I'm going to go there, you know, and you can face time your parents to, every day. Yeah. As opposed to, okay, well I'm, yeah, sure. Alabama's probably going to be there, but USC has a really good chance of making a comeback, you know, and, and, uh, I want to be part of that because all of my family is USC fans, you know, or whatever. Um, so like if you're like a Texas fan that wants to see Texas get back to prominence, you you got to be about it, you know, because you're you're dealing with people coming into your state, taking recruits out of your state. You know, and I don't know a lot of people blame A&M for moving to the SEC on that, but that's just that's just a cop out. The reality is we're in a world we just spent a year where everybody was video conferencing each other, you know, and, and will you and I talk more and see each other more than I see people that live here in town. <laughs> Uh, and we live, you know, two and a half, three hours away. And, and it's because we can video conference, you know, right. and, 
And so we live in this electronic digital world that you can do that. And if you want to get back to any kind of regional, you know, passion, any kind of regional um, commitment, you got to do it by expanding and giving more players the opportunity to. So at the, yep. at the end of the day, it's all about playoffs. Playoffs is all it is. Playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? <laughs> we are not kidding you, Jim. We're talking about playoffs. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's good stuff. Um, yeah, but just to to sum up why we think this is such a great idea. I mean, it is more inclusive. It is like there, like it's easy to 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 tell like who's going to be in. There are set rules for how you qualify. Um, some of the games are on campus, and that's terrific. Um, yeah, and, and the matchups as we ended on, like it's going to be so much fun for college football fans, and uh, really fun for the networks because they're going to make a boatload of money off of all this. So, um, yeah. we, we went a bit long today, but uh, this is a big deal. Like we said, this is a huge change in the sport, and it's very likely that it's going to happen. Maybe not the exact details, but it's going to be 12 teams and it's going to be very similar to what we have laid out today. Um, and I'm, I'm pumped about it, but, um, yeah, my, my hat's off to the, the planning committee because they're really trying to mitigate a lot of problems with one solution. Um, they're trying to, to mitigate opt outs. They're trying to mitigate, you know, to where schools still get the revenue from, from some games and then the bowls aren't devalued, and they're getting more revenue. They're getting more eyes on them. I mean, it, it's just they've really did a good job of trying to cover all their bases. And and I, I my hats off to them. I think they did a really yeah. good job. Yeah, I'm right there with you. And for a sport that that does the wrong thing so often, it's good to see them get something right, and yeah. that the fans will enjoy and appreciate. And um, I'm still in shock a little bit that this is. This is real life. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, thank I kinda you. Kind of wish it was this year. Yeah, me too. Let's go. <laughs> I'm already I'm already mapping out who's going to make it and, and who's going to who's playing where. But um, but uh, we appreciate you guys riding along today. Um, we uh, a couple of programming notes before we get out of here. We are going to be recording our shows throughout the summer, or I should say, releasing our shows throughout the summer on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And one of those episodes each week will be a national story, kind of like today. Uh, and one will be a A&M specific story. So uh, this Thursday, we are talking everyone's big question for this A&M team in 2021. Who's going to be the quarterback? So tune in Thursday for that. It's going to be a really fun episode. Um, follow us uh, at IneligiblePod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Go subscribe to our YouTube channel. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star review, five-star rating. Uh, you can follow my personal account at WillStoneCFB on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow Chase at TexasAggie15 on Twitter. Not TexasAggies15. <laughs> um, yeah, thanks so much. We'll see you next time. Bye.